Welcome to Life Together, a podcast for Gresham Bible Church, where we exist to glorify God in being disciples who make disciples of all people through the transforming power of the gospel. On this important episode, Josh and I discuss his recently announced move to pastor a church in Redlands, California. This is surprising and difficult news. We want to be transparent and communicate well in all of this. Our intent in having this conversation is to help communicate the change and to help us as GBC process this change. You'll hear more about what this process has been like for Josh. Our prayer is that having this discussion on the podcast will help us as a church family grieve well and also rest in the sure hope of the gospel for the Howith family and for GBC to plant our tears, our questions, and our hopes in the gospel, in Jesus, who is the chief shepherd of his church, because God's kingdom is not at risk and the gospel is advancing in us and through us. In all of this, we agree with Martin Luther, who once said, I know not the way God leads me, but well do I know my guide. Welcome to Life Together. On today's podcast, we have, um, I think, a really important and uh, meaningful discussion with Josh. And we're going to hear from Josh more about uh, his move um, to Redlands, California to pastor a church there. And I'm just kind of going to rip the Band-Aid off and not bury the lead. We want to have this discussion because we think being transparent is really important for the health of the local church and then the big C church, ultimately for the name of Jesus uh, in our time and place. So we want to talk about this. I hope Gresham Bible Church, this is helpful, whether you listen to this um, you know, here in late May, June of 2022, or maybe later, it helps you process this change. Uh, this will live, I hope, in a way that um, helps shepherd us as a local church family with eyes on God's big kingdom. So we're just going to talk about some stuff and I hope it's helpful. I I love that. I mean, I think it's a huge value of mine personally. I know we've talked about it. I think it's great that we're at least trying to do this. I mean, I've shared with you, like often I think uh, maybe it's because being a pastor, other changes happen even in other churches and you kind of get curious. So I wonder what happened and why. Mm -hmm. And, um, and when there's no communication about it, there's just a gap there that people then fill with. Yep. We talk about this mm-hmm. on staff. You either fill it with trust or you fill it with suspicion. Mm-hmm. And um, we talk about healthy things grow and unhealthy things grow. And so we just care about our church. We love our church and we love the kingdom. And so Amen. I think trying to fill that gap as much as we can with trust, knowing that I I, I want to be honest, like I'm sure there's a lot of things that people would want to hear that I would say or not say that... Um, won't fully scratch all the itches, but at Mm -hmm. the same time, like just trying to be open so that no matter who has a question about anything, you kind of just alleviate all the gaps to where people, you you know, you you want unity, you want trust, you want health. Right. So I think that's kind of the goal, isn't it? So. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So why don't we just kind of start the conversation, then there'll be different aspects of it. We'll just talk through together. So first, maybe for uh, the members that um, hadn't read their email or someone hadn't been at church yet, Mm -hmm. uh, why don't you just share kind of the announcement, the news, and then we'll walk it back and talk it through together. 
Yeah. Do you just mean like technically what's happening or sure. even the process of what's happening? Let's or? go with technically what's happening and then we'll get in our DeLorean time machine and <laughs> sure. go from there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Elizabeth and I have um, come to this place where we've completely surrendered to what we believe is even a scenario where we um, would be obeying or disobeying God. I would even say we talk about it in that way um, that he is leading us to transition away from pastoring GBC and to pastor a church uh, called Pathway in Redlands, California. Um, And so uh, that's been in a way a uh, four month process and in a way a four year process for us. Um, It's kind of the, the short subtitled version of it. Yeah. Was that too short? I don't know. That's good. This is real time. Yeah, this is real time. So we're (laughs) recording this after this was announced at church on May 22nd. Mm -hmm. Um, So we want to talk about it and have Mm -hmm. the conversation um, as a church family. So there's different layers to this or angles in my mind as we think about this. So why don't we start first with, um, you know, what's this process been like for you? I get that's a really personal question. So whatever you're Mm -hmm. comfortable sharing, I think it would help shepherd people. Um, Mm -hmm. what's this process been like for you? What are you learning about yourself, about God and all of this? Like, what Mm -hmm. would you say to that? Yeah. There's a lot I could say. Um, uh, the process, um, it might be helpful to kind of go back a few years. Yeah. Um, so in the, early summer of 2018, uh, or I can go back to the spring of that, we felt like God was making some changes in our life. We didn't know what it was. It felt so subjective, but it happened independent of us as a married couple. And then we shared that with each other one day and we're kind of shocked at how we had both been sensing the same thing, that there was something changing. Hmm. And um, we didn't know what that was. So we just kind of put our heads down and kind of forgot about it. And a few months later, um, uh, uh, the pastor at the time of this church named Jonathan Jarbo, he'd reached out to me out of nowhere, um, just saying someone had recommended he reach out to me about considering and praying about becoming their next pastor. He had pastored there for 20 some years. It was that kind of thing. Uh, full disclosure, I came downstairs and said, Elizabeth, do you want to go live in Redlands, California? And her response was no. It was just like so <laughs> quick. And I was like, yeah, this is weird. You know, this is not, so we, we said we'd pray about it for a week. We did. We said no. Um, a month later, uh, we we just kind of had been processing how it's weird how we keep thinking about that place. And um, and we were just commenting that to each other one night as we were lying there. And um, I remember we said, Lord, um, we're not going to reach back out to this church. But if you, for some reason, are in this, maybe have them reach back out to us. Mm. And the next day this pastor reached out to me again saying, I can't get you off my mind. I just think I just want to, I'm supposed to re-engage you. We were like, Oh, I'm okay. And so we opened ourselves up to that process. We walked through the whole process. Um, it was just open door, open door, green light, green light. And it honestly came down to timing. Um, we said no, because of timing, it felt so daunting in some ways we had just planted a church. We were there for seven years. We didn't feel like it was a time, a, great time to leave that church in a healthy place. So there's all these factors. Our kids said no. And um, that was hard in some ways um, because we felt like God had given us a desire 
and we laid it down and we just said, we're not going to do it um, for what we thought and believe was the right thing to do. Um, we then, uh, uh, without getting into too much of the details, uh, felt God leading us up here. And he made that really clear. And we could go into that if you really wanted to, but, um, and we do not doubt that um, wholeheartedly. Um, we are so thankful that God brought us here. I mean, this is our home. This is our families here. Uh, I've always said GBC never even, I've never had a church that I'd never technically been a part of that I felt so much a part of as GBC. And um, it's been very sweet. And uh, though we've gone through really difficult things, so I don't want to rose colored glasses. I mean, we, you know, COVID's hard for all of us, right? So um, it's in pastors, especially. Um, and I've, I, I came here just thinking that was going to be many decades. I mean, it just on paper makes sense, right? Um, the health of the church, the friendships we share, the, um, the, I mean, yeah, just we get to, I don't know. It's just been an incredible experience. Like there's nothing I can point to that goes, yeah, I don't like this or that yeah. it's just been perfect. And then our family and everything. I've always loved Gresham, loved this area. I, this is the place that I say when I fell in love with my wife, I fell in love with Oregon. So, um, so yeah, just that was our experience and moving up here, being here. And, um, but then back in January, uh, I was going through a really difficult time. Um, I was even reflecting on my journals that I wrote to prepare for this a little mm -hmm. bit and even reading things I was writing, like, I don't think I've ever been through such a difficult time in my life, just really low point. Um, uh, you know, we had <laughs> just had Omicron full disclosure, like, um, <laughs> so I don't know how much that played into it. Um, but I don't think it really did too much. Um, and yeah, I just was struggling with God in some ways, Cause I was like, Lord, I feel like I'm giving everything I have and I just don't feel at home in some ways. So I don't know how that translates to people. Yeah. Um, I, um, I feel emotional talking about it. Sorry, but, um, uh, uh, sorry. Um, it's, I don't know how to explain it because you feel like you're home, but I'm like, Yeah. We can edit this out, right? I'm just yep. kidding. No, yeah, totally. You don't have to edit this out. I was just saying. I wish I could describe the feeling of just feeling that way. Um, like, oh, yeah, I'm home. Lord, why do I not feel like I'm home? So uh, I kind of shared that with Elizabeth. We were kind of on the same page a little bit, and we simultaneously found out that this church that we had said no to a couple of times, um, uh, had to part ways with their pastor who they brought in after us for some difficult reasons. And I don't want to get into that because that's really their story. Um, mm -hmm. and we were surprised they were looking for a pastor again. And that kicked up all this dust of like, you know, you look back on a decision you make in your life. And even if you kind of make big decisions in your life and you look back on those decisions and you, uh, you go, Oh, I'm so glad I didn't do that. Not because it would have been terrible just because you've moved on. And we go, why do we not feel that way about that? Mm -hmm. And, um, 
I say that simultaneously being like, we love it here. So um, we just prayed and said, Lord, take away this desire. Or if you're doing something, would you just somehow make that clear to us? And um, I'm not trying to be all mystical, but it's part of the story for me. Uh, Like a few days later, I go to meet with somebody about church planning, a guy who works with Virgil on church planning stuff. Talk about how GBC might partner in church planning. And um, I sit down with this guy and I go, how you been? And he goes, oh, it's been crazy. There's this church in California who um, uh, reached out to me about maybe becoming their pastor. They're looking for a pastor again. I said, what church? And he said, this church. And I kind of got nervous and I said, oh man, you should do it. You should do it. And he said, "Um, oh, I already said no. It's not for me right now, but um, I was actually going into today thinking I would love to give them someone's name and you keep coming to my mind. And so if you want, I can pass your name along. And um, I was like kind of taken back by that. And um, I was like, okay, why is it that this is happening? Like I didn't, even when I was praying, Mm -hmm. Lord, take away this desire or in the sliver of a chance that maybe you're doing something here, make that clear. And here I am blindsided by this. And so uh, that was a rough week. Um, we prayed a lot, fasted, um, and then said, I think we're at least supposed to let him give him our name. Mm-hmm. And um, we felt like that was obedience in that moment. And so um, we, I honestly, if you were to like, you know, liar detector test, whatever those things are, I would have probably just said, they're not going to reach out to us, you know? And, um, they were willing and interested to engage. And, um, it was kind of same thing before, just open doors, open doors, green lights. But when we came to the end of, and things went slow and then really fast. And, um, and then when we kind of got to that point where we were before a lot of those same things, just weren't there. Mm-hmm. Like the only reasons why I would say no are fear, um, being misunderstood, people being upset at me. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't, what about my kids? What about the church and its health? What about, I just had, it was a different place. Yeah. And so we surrendered the idea that through a lot of other boring stories that no one cares about. And I'm probably talking way too long already. Uh, uh, we just believed through counsel, prayer, confirmation, asking the Lord specific things, and then him providing those specific things, whether it's to speak to our kids, whether it's um, just to shut things down. Um, we just believe this is what he wants us to do. And that's... Um, I don't want to come across like it's some miserable thing, you know, like what was me? Um, I want to be very clear in that because I did use the word desire. Um, but it's, uh, it's kind of a, I don't know how to call it other than a logical desire because yeah. we love it here. We have, everything's perfect here in, in every way. And so, um, so we're kind of taking that even as a, cube so i don't know where you want to go from here but i can no, talk I more about either. it <laughs> I'm so yeah. i just want us to have a and i don't even know if that's helpful or not yeah. but that's just the story um that i would tell anybody and so yeah i think a couple of things that maybe um 
it's two things come to my mind if if it's okay um one i think in this process elizabeth and i had to come to grips with reorienting ourselves maybe towards the way the bible talks about certain things i think initially we even confessed and realized how we had sort of bought into this belief that if you have a desire for something it's just equates evil desire sinful mm. desire mm. that if you have a desire don't ever do that but then through that season i was blown away at how when i would just be in my normal bible reading the word god talks about our desires so much and i mean like psalm 37 comes to mind uh, especially um and uh you're like, hey, what do I do with that? And so it helped me realize like God gives certain people desires for different things. And we all don't have the same desires. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we take those desires to God and we go, is there sinful motivation here? Is there evil intent? Is there like disobedience in this? Or what is this? And if it's a good desire, then we at least need to be listening to that. And so I think that was an interesting thing that I thought about in this process um, trying to take that to God. Am I running from something? And, you know, though all those things, mm-hmm. asking people, hey, speak into my life. Like, is there something you see in me that I'm not seeing? Um, being honest about that. The other thing I think is coming from scripture, and this was something in a different way, um, not related to desire, um, that spoke to me is just that uh, famous chapter in chapter 11. I was so blown away one day um, in February, looking at all these people who followed God by faith and didn't know where they were going. And that's very much been how I feel. Mm. But I, but God used this chapter in my life before I even felt that way. Um, but I just think of verse 8, talking about Abraham. He went out not knowing where he was going. And then verse 10, for he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. Verse 16 talks about other people and saying they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. Um, Going into chapter 12, you know, it says, consider him who endured from sinners hostility so that you may not grow weary or faint hearted. Um, And then it, it keeps wrapping this thing around and he says in verse 28 of that chapter, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And then even in chapter 13, uh, after it talks about Jesus bearing our reproach outside the camp in verse 14, it says, for here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. And I just read those three chapters one day. And um, this was so helpful for me. I just thought, man, whatever it is that's happening in my life, I'm not looking for it in this world. Mm. Um, My city that I'm looking for is not Gresham. It's not Redlands. I, like these people, I want to seek the city that is to come Mm -hmm. and fix my eyes on that. And when my eyes are fixed on that sort of kingdom that can't be shaken mentality, eternal horizon, then... um, then the rest is sort of furniture a little bit. And I, that might be a little too grotesque the way to put it, but it just kind of puts into perspective things mm-hmm. about like our lives and what I'm seeking. And at least it helped me think, okay, I, I could stay or go and I just need to obey. Mm-hmm. 
and I don't have to figure out how it's all going to work out. And coming from me, who's a maximalist in my decision-making, I want to figure out how it's all going to work out and it better all work out well for everybody. And just trying to take into consideration the people who walked by faith and it simplified my prayer life to go, Lord, what do you, Jesus, what do you want me to do? Mm -hmm. I'll obey you. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that's where, that's where we are. Those are some of the lessons. I love you. And I appreciate even this moment, how you're being open and talking us through that. Um, yeah. So we want to have this conversation to hear more of your heart in it. I think it honors Jesus. And I'll just say this, there's risk in a conversation like this because maybe you or me or Jordan or whoever hears us might not fully understand or read into things, but we just want to lean into um, being a church that's filled with grace and truth and walking through this in a Christian way. Like you shared this with me. I don't even know if you know this, but it's just clicked with me the last few weeks. You said the church is a spiritual organization and we would all like nod our head and be like, yeah. But then in its essence, it really is like stuff like this. It's a wisdom category, but it's a trust. Am I going to obey Jesus kind of thing? And so I just love how you're walking us through it. So mm-hmm. um, maybe let's, I don't know the best way to have this conversation, but let's say, okay, so this is kind of the background of what brought Josh somewhat to his decision, right? Um, maybe actually I'll ask this first before we transition. Would you say or agree with, um, if someone were to ask you, Josh, are you moving to something or from something? Like where's the weight of that sit with you, mm-hmm. to or from? Or is that the wrong question to ask? I don't, yeah, I'm not trying to disagree with your question, oh, but I, uh, I guess I would just there. say I'm, uh, I, and I don't know if this is what you're asking, but I would say that we're following, not leaving. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if that makes that's exactly any what I mean. sense, no, makes, that's because good. I am going to something and going from something. Um, but but it's, you're not escaping and. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, that was a real question I right. kept asking myself. I asked close friends, um, a couple guys I worked with at the branch who are dear friends. They know me really well. Um, do you think I'm running? Do you think I have this problem or, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of yeah. in those moments and, um, their counsel is helpful. Um, and I, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know how to elaborate. I can't elaborate, but I just, no, I don't know if people want to hear me blabber, me but yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's totally. a better way yeah. to say it, following. Yeah, very, yeah. very much so feeling yeah. like we're following God in this. Yeah. And um, and uh, I tr- I just trust him, you know, I think in my best moments. Yeah, amen. How about, um, you know, this is a podcast for Gresham Bible Church. So Gresham Bible Church will hear this, digest it, process it. I hope it's a blessing in those conversations. But how about kind of from another angle, Josh, this is your decision and then a decision that has different implications or impact. So Jordan, how about for you, producer extraordinaire, student (laughs) ministries guy, you've made changes in ministry locations and churches in your life. Like, how are you processing this? How are you doing with this? Uh, well, when Josh first told me, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I immediately said, you're joking. Cause, uh, <laughs> I am somewhat of a sarcastic person and Josh sometimes will throw some sarcasm back at me. I'm like, this is the funniest, worst prank he's ever done. And after about the fourth time I said, please tell me you're joking. He's like, and I he was like, okay, he's good at being sarcastic, but not this good. Cause he was <laughs> deadly serious on his face. And I was like, Okay. All right. Explain it to me. You know, like I took a moment and listened and, um, you know, my, my immediate reaction was, 
shock and sadness of losing a friend and well, not losing a friend, but you know, not getting to hang out with you on a daily well, basis. Up, huh? Yeah, I know okay. it's over. The <laughs> relationship see. status is moving to it's complicated. Uh, <laughs> of not getting to to you know just the daily conversations we get to have, having Josh minister into my own life, getting to work alongside you, and um, you know that's it's just hard. It, it, it's hard anytime you say goodbye to somebody you love, mm-hmm. and specifically in you know the kind of relationship that we on staff and elders get to get to have we get more of you than everyone else in the congregation uh, which sorry everybody else but we have and and it's been hugely beneficial to me so you know my i just immediately started having like flashbacks of how you've spoken into my life in the last two and a half years um you know but the 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 just jordan side of me was like I don't like this. Don't do this because I don't want to lose you. But I mean, I remember telling you of like, man, if you feel called to do this, even though I don't want to lose you, I would never tell somebody don't do what God's telling you to do. Like, I just have no right to do that. Yeah. And thankfully, I I feel like I've I've learned that in my own life and from other people. And and you know, it's it's I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's, it's sometimes it's hard for people who are not don't feel called to full time ministry to understand how something like this could happen because, you know, we love the people we serve and minister mm-hmm. to and and they're ministering to us as well. And so it's like, why, why would you ever leave those situations, especially if it's not like something bad or terrible has happened? And, um, and so for me, knowing you and your heart, I know that you, I knew when you were telling me you're not running from something, you don't dislike it here. It's not something terrible as has occurred with you and your family of like, it was like, man, if Josh is feeling like he's got to do this, then God is calling Josh to do it. And my only response as a fellow minister of the gospel and as your friend is to say, Josh, you got to go do it, you know? And so it doesn't take away that I'm still sad and bummed. I'm mm-hmm. sad and bummed more than anything. I don't think I've had like feelings of anger or anything. It's just like, man, that stinks Mm. because I was just looking forward to decades of more ministry with you. But at the same time, it's also like, okay, so Josh and Elizabeth and the kids are going to go do some other cool ministry. And the next part of me then goes, well, what's next for us, God? Um, Mm. I I think uh, it helped, you know, (laughs) This is the, I don't know if I'm the issue here, church, but this is the second pastor that's left since I've come on staff at this point. Oh, man. Sensitive I know, I know, I know. Granted, I mean, Virgil called me a couple months before I officially came here. I'm like, hey, I'm going to be leaving. And then he was only here for two months before I left. But in, in some ways, that first six months was so huge for Taylor and I because we saw this church so healthily say, go forward, Virgil and Kelsey, go do what God is calling you to do. And the way the church just, you know, we didn't skip a beat, you know, that Virgil had already done a great job of putting a preaching team together. Uh, and so the word was still preached, ministry still flourished. And then I think God immediately brought the next right person in you, Josh, Amen. of what came next. And so, so it's like, all right, GBC has been through this. It doesn't mean like we want to go through this every three years or whatever, because we don't. But I also know this is a this church is weird in a good way. I've never seen a church be so healthy in how they responded to Virgil leaving and you coming in. And I feel like 
we've done it before, we can do it again, not because this church is great, but because we're relying on God hmm. and we have faith that God is taking care of us. And and so the preaching team now is better than when Virgil left. And that's not to put anything down on Virgil. It's just the more reps that we've gotten, the way that we've, you know, if people don't know, you've done this weekly preaching mm -hmm. class, uh, preaching group that's met to go over what would we talk about last week? What are we talking about this week of working on how to break it down? We've gone to Simeon Trust preaching conferences. Like I know I'm a better teacher in the two and a half years I've known you. So like I've already gotten something out of your two and a half years of ministry mm -hmm. of the way I approach and handle and teach God's word. I'm way better than I was two and a half years ago with growth to go. And I, I, I would say that about all the other men on that preaching team I can look and say, yeah, you're markedly better than you were before. So when it comes to handling of God's word after you leave, God yeah. has, has placed some great men in place to continue to do that. When it comes to just the health of the church, I think that I, I can say this is the healthiest church I've ever been a part of, of we got through everything that COVID brought and yet we kept Jesus, the main thing, how many episodes about unity did we have on this podcast in the last two years? More to come. Yeah. But we've kept the main thing, the main thing. And that comes from, from your leadership and direction, not just from you, but your understanding of, of what God is teaching us. So anyways, I'm getting long-winded as well. All this to say, when you told me and I was bummed and I'm still sad and bummed, I also know God's got this. Yeah. And, and it doesn't mean I understand what God is doing, I'll be honest, a lot of my prayers the last two weeks has been, hey, God, I have no idea what you're doing. So uh, if you want to let me in on that as sooner than later, great. If not, okay. I just, one day at a time, we just got to trust. But I know God has been faithful to Gresham Bible Church, and I know he's going to continue to be faithful to Gresham Bible Church. I know he's been faithful to you and how you've been in ministry, and he's going to continue to. And so... um to use a Josh phrase at the end of the day. Yes, you dropped an end of the day on this episode. Check it off the list. <laughs> to land this plane of me. Uh, Let's go. Uh, <laughs> of me talking forever here. Uh, it's hard, but this is the nature of the gospel. And Paul and Barnabas, Paul and Barnabas left over an argument. We're not doing that. Yeah. But sometimes we have to send people off to do other things we we're talking about before we started the podcast. We've sent off Virgil and Kelsey, Thomas Slauson in North Dakota, Dave Barry down in Arizona, the Mormances in Slovenia. Like you can look at all these people who came through GBC that everyone would have said, Oh, why are you leaving? You know, we don't want you to leave. And yet God brought someone else in to fill those roles those people are expanding the kingdom in other places. And that's what it's all about. It's not about Gresham Bible Church. It's about God's kingdom and the greater city that mm -hmm. we're looking forward to. So yeah. I'm sad and I'm bummed, but I love you. And I know you're doing, you're doing the right thing if this is what God called you to. And I think mm -hmm. there's a lesson for us in that of we have to be obedient even when it's, you know, even when it's it's hard to be obedient, when things are going well. For me, it's harder for me to be obedient when life is going well than it is when I'm struggling and like mm -hmm. I have to rely on God. So mm -hmm. like I'm even taking from your example in this of if God calls, you got to listen no matter what. Well, I think one of the things that makes GBC, in my perspective, such a healthy church mm -hmm. is I'd say more than most churches because it's an American church problem in my view. Um, 
we put so much weight on one person. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the health, the success, mm-hmm. the vitality of this church rises and falls on who our senior pastor is or whatever. Yep. And what I love about GBC is our not only our theology, but what we seek to live into is that I am we believe in a plurality of eldership. So mm-hmm. I am one of six pastors at our church. Mm-hmm. And so um, that that's a very different mentality to have when the church is more than one person, you know? And um, I, I've taken great comfort in that personally. I yeah. know it, it's not to say, I'm not minimizing my role, no. the effect that has in any way, shape or form, but at least for a lot of churches, I mean, I know, we don't, our saviors are not, our lead pastors, our Savior is Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Yeah. There's so much to say here. I think it's easy and hard times. And I think it's a good, humble, impulsive GBC to say, hey, what are our blind spots? We do want to look at our blind spots Mm. um, and think, oh, you know, this has been hard. We've lost Virgil and now we've lost Josh and these other changes. And believe me, I get that. I'm like living that right now. (laughs) But we have to keep our eyes off ourselves and get them on Jesus. And his ways are better. He understands what he's building. Like, I just want to encourage us. We Mm. can reflect and yeah, it's been hard and yet have these two things in tension, right? The grief and the hope. So I was hoping we could explore this. This might be the longest podcast episode we'll ever have. That's okay. Are we talking about blind spots? Uh, let's no. That's okay. like I'll a, say there's only one I that's can think of. That's the extended of. version. Yeah. Way too many Seahawks fans. <laughs> Brother, do not go there. <laughs> and now the tides and, have turned on you, Josh Levis. And you two fans. Oh, I, oh you my said gosh. It, don't you dare. <laughs> I think you I'm going to over my idols. I think yeah. the outro music this episode will be uh, with or without you. Yes. Oh, you hey, there that's you go. Right. That's a good, that yeah. is a good one. I don't but, even know that song yeah. very well. Oh my gosh. So I think it'd be helpful the three of us, elders, staff, who've known about this for a little bit of time, have had more time to process it. Um, as a church, we're working through this. And I just, I want to encourage us, and I'm just talking to myself, so maybe I'm just talking in an echo chamber here, but I want us to sit in it for a little bit, little while. Like, it's okay, and it's good to grieve. What mm-hmm. I don't want our church to do is to be the Seinfeld episode with Lloyd Braun, who says, serenity now, <laughs> you know, and then you pay for it later. Mm-hmm. I want us to grieve, and grieving has different layers. It's not linear. You've encouraged me, Josh, and I'm just starting to taste it. You told me that full-time vocational ministry is experiencing all five stages of grief at the same time, all the time, like preach. So I just think it'd be good for us to talk about this has a sense of loss, even having a kingdom mindset, because we Mm -hmm. love you, because you're an awesome pastor. Mm -hmm. Like if this didn't feel this way, that would show unhealth in the church and or unhealth in you. It's good this hurts, in my opinion. Yep. Well, I've always said, if it hurts, it's good, because I think it shows that we've loved each other well. Yes. I mean, versus... Yeah. Uh, it'd be easier if everybody was like ex- super excited I was yeah. leaving. Yeah. Or it just felt um, like transactional, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, but also I think that would be a sign of it wasn't great. Yes. So, yeah. yes. so I thought it'd be, be good for us to talk about grief for a minute, to put a little bit of language to it. I want to avoid toxic positivity. <laughs> uh, and I don't mean we don't have positivity as Christians. We have the most sure hope in the universe, but mm-hmm. I want us to feel what we should feel too. So can we just talk about that for a minute? Like maybe for you, Josh, you know, I'm hearing you and I love you brother. And I love even your approach right now, how we're talking in this room. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, what is grief like for you in this and any encouragements you'd 
give GBC or other people as they process this, like how to understand grief, and then we can just bounce that around for a few minutes. Mm. Is that okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, grief as I've processed it is just loss. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really just a sense of losing something that you saw as good and maybe even necessary in your life. And so I think I've tried to think through grief is losing something. And part of the process of grief is showing you that what I thought was necessary actually isn't necessary. Um, And I think that's why as Christians, we're told we are not ones who grieve without hope Mm -hmm. because we still grief because what we lose, we love and it's infinitely valuable and important, but it's not necessary. Um, what I mean is like GBC doesn't need me. Hmm. Um, GBC needs Christ and GBC is never going to lose Christ. Mm-hmm. And so we don't, uh, grieve without hope. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's what that means. Yeah. Um, but it also doesn't mean that you go, Oh, it, nothing matters or it's fine or easy. Um, it's still painful. And so I think for me, it's been, um, yeah, I mean, um, uh, there, there's been a grief in the sense of just sort of letting go and losing what I would more call what I, what I, uh, expected was going to be my future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that does, and I want to be really clear because I don't know who's listening to this, but um, that doesn't mean I'm a martyr going to California or something, oh, I, right, or that right. I'm like there. There's not a desire in my heart. I just want to be continually clear about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know that can be misunderstood a lot, but in real time, there's a grief because you're letting go of something. You're losing something that you, I would say, was an expectation. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, letting go and losing dear friendships. I mean, the elder team that we have is amazing. Amen. Um, the friendships that we've begun to build here and amongst our staff and deacons and people in the church, I mean, it's like amazing. And mm-hmm. so you're letting go of something and there's a grief in that. So, um um, but it's not necessary. Like, and that's not to sound mean, but I'm just saying in the very eternal sense, right? you go, yeah, it's going to be okay because what I, what is necessary, what I have to have, I will never lose. Amen. Nothing will ever separate me from the love of Christ and whether, you know, dominions or demonic things or, I just love how it throws in distress, right? I was going to share that later. Yeah. Because what you shared. <laughs> oh, sorry. Bro, no, do it. Go there. But yeah, I mean, amen. distress, like yes. the feeling of depression and just hopelessness, like distress can't separate me from the love of Christ. Amen. I love that Paul just says things present, mm-hmm. like <laughs> fill in the blank, yep. right? Things to come, nothing. So the one mm-hmm. thing I need, uh, I will never lose. Yeah. And so that's why um, I love, I've told you before, but, um, you made me think of it earlier, but Sinclair Ferguson said most of pastoral ministry is just reminding people again and again who they are in Christ. Mm-hmm. I live with that because I'm just trying to do that in my own life and everybody else's life. And so in a way, in our grief, you don't minimize the loss, but you're just reminding people, who are we in Christ? Yeah. Oh, I can never lose him. Yes. 
because he's bought me with his own blood. Yeah. And he's bought our church and the whole all the churches with his own blood. We will never be lost and he will never cast us out. So that's the why we have hope, but it doesn't have to be, it's not a plastic smile. You yeah. Know? I love that the word informs that. That's not just techniquing. That's not just psychobabble. That's what God's word shows us. It's both mm-hmm. grieving with hope. Like we can hold both of those intentions simultaneously. That's a good thing. I guess uh, I don't just feel like I need to say it. I think a lot of people know like the five stages of grief, right? Mm. I'm just going to read them off for us because I always forget. I always land in one for a long time. Uh, the five stages are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. Damn, that, yeah, th- that's not linear. Yeah, it's different for everybody. But I know I'm already experiencing that. Mm. And I'm talking with other people experiencing that. So I just want to encourage us as a church, like this is a process. It's grieving because there's love and there's hope. And that's good in an ultimate sense. Mm-hmm. So I just think it's important to even say that on the podcast, like to encourage us as a church family to grieve and to just be okay in that mm-hmm. place for a while and not like put like a, you know, stop clock to that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. I put my uh, comic book pop culture nerd hat on. Oh, oh wow. I believe it was the synthesoid android Vision who said oh to Wanda Maximoff in WandaVision episode five <laughs> that what is grief if not love persevering? Wow. Isn't that wow. deep? I remember that when I heard that good. on the episode, I was like, so what is grief if not love persevering? That's what grief mm. is. It's yeah. why do we feel grief right now? It's, well, because we love the Howitz and mm. we love... We love how the ministry is going and, you know, being preached to and stuff like that. And so, you know, there's, there's a positive side to grief is we're feeling it because love is at the center of it. Mm-hmm. I was not anticipating a um, Marvel WandaVision oh, quote on today's episode. No. Thank you. Yeah. Well, episode so, five, everybody. <laughs> so, I, so we'll finally get the students to listen to this podcast <laughs> if I tell them there's a Marvel quote in it. Uh, so yeah. I, I, I know podcasts are time bound, right? So we need to transition in some ways, but I just want to say, I appreciate you calling out desires. Good. I'm even thinking he who desires to be an overseer an elder Mm. desires a good thing. So desires Mm -hmm. good, but I do think there's an important layer to where you're going. The closest olive garden in my Google research (laughs) is like eight (laughs) miles from where you're going. So there's an element of suffering brother in where you're going, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. There's not even an in and out. And I told you this. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, So, so I want to move to, Hope, and again, this is not toxic positivity, but this Mm -hmm. is true, grounded in who the sovereign God of the universe is and the gospel. Like, what are those hopeful realities, truths that are undergirding you right now that even you would encourage, you know, Gresham Bible Church, the saints of GBC, and just to remind us who we are in Christ? Like, I just wanted to ask you that. What are those Mm. big hopeful truths that you would just point us to? Yeah. Anything come to mind? There's I know there's a, lot, a ton, but like, no, there's a ton that comes to my mind. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I was thinking about this. I didn't plan to say this, but um, I, I've always kind of loved, though I would never be able to say the things Ray Ortland says because he's unique. <laughs> but his mantra is, um, one, I'm a complete idiot. Two, <laughs> my future is incredibly bright. And three, anybody can get in on this. Mm-hmm. And that's how he talks about the gospel. And I just was reminded of that, like. Yeah, with Christ, our future is incredibly bright. Mm. And so I think even if the the light is shining above the clouds, you know, the light is shining mm. and our future is so bright. And so, um, you know, I think of that solid rock song, you know, when darkness seems to hide his face, 
I rest in his unchanging grace. Through every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. It's like, yeah, darkness can seem to hide his face, but his his face is shining upon us. And yeah. so um, I just, that's grounding me. Our future is incredibly bright. Amen. And um, uh, Psalm 46 has been huge. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in times of troubles. We will not fear though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved in the heart of the sea, though the oceans roar and foam, right? I mean, be still and know that I am God. I mm-hmm. will be exalted among the nations and all the earth. So just the the further out our vision goes, um, the more um, secure our present feels. Yeah, amen. You know, just in the sense of, man, God is God and um, he is he's going to be exalted and he is. And, um, it's all about him. And, um, yeah, he's not abandoned me. He, you know, just kind of all these things that we like know are true. Like Mm -hmm. we have a good shepherd, um, one who, um, has laid down his life for us and no one took it from him. He laid it down. And so, um, I am not without a shepherd today. Um, and uh, he's leading me and we're following him. Um, these are all these, I mean, that's just a flood of my thoughts. I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, that just, I think are, are really centering to me every day. I think centering for us as a church in every season. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reminded though this week of a great quote by brother Andrew, who said um, the, the ex, who uh, was a missionary behind this, the iron curtain and in China and stuff, smuggled Bibles and stuff. I think it's in his book, God Smuggler. He says, um, the excitement of obedience is finding out what God had in mind after the fact. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And it's just like, yeah, I feel like I'm, we're living that, you know, mm-hmm. it's just sort of this, whether we feel like we want to obey or not, the excitement of obedience is not in the moment. It's, it's the joy of finding out what God had in mind later, mm-hmm. whether that's a year from now or on that eternal horizon. But we go, oh, that was exciting to obey God because he has something in mind here that I um, can't see I apparently don't need to see it um, or else he'd show it to me. And I just get to trust him yep. and see what he has in mind. And that's really exciting when you think about it. I mean, yeah. God is working in this world. That's the great promise. You know, um, we didn't coerce him to work in this world. He already has been doing it. And um, I'm thankful he's done that through us. And I, he's done it way before me. Um and like GBC was great for 13 years apart from me. And so I just trust that he's going to keep working. Mm-hmm. And um, that's a very great comfort. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Um, I want this episode to be more we're processing this news and this change and starting to think about it in the here and now, not as much get our eyes on what's next, so to speak. Mm. Um, is there anything more you would just like want to just kind of throw out on the table, like in terms of processing it, something you feel is important to say, or, you know, a truth that you're, you're clinging to just anything. I just want to give you a chance to say anything else that's on your mind. Mm. And if there's nothing, that's fine. No, I think the only things that come to my mind is just, um, I, I think it's helpful. I mean, it's been helpful for me. I've told you this, but in moments where anxiety rises or, I feel stressed about the moment. I just try to picture how small and insignificant I am in the grand <laughs> scheme of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that like really helps. 
you know, it just helps to go like, yeah, I'm not that important. And, um, uh, so I think what I'm doing when I do that, I think how it applies to all of us is just, um, the more we can like picture ourselves on the eternal horizon of life and stand there and think about these moments in particular, it helps color our, our present in a way that's appropriate and in a way that, um, is helpful, I think. And so that's just what keeps coming to my mind is eternity, like kingdom. It's big picture. It's, um, because what's what I love about God is it never minimizes our present. It actually just helps us live better in our present when we think that way. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like, um, yeah, I, I don't want to give some stupid thing analogy, but um, yeah, I just think it helps us live in our present when we think that way. Yeah. And so um, that's really what comes to my mind. And I think that's just going to be a really important it's always important to view our lives every day that way. But I think it especially just needs to be said right now. Yeah. Um, and it needs to continually be said Amen. in this season, you know, um, because we either can catch up, uh, we can either get behind how we'll actually perceive reality in the future mm-hmm. and um, feel like we really had a lot more catching up to do, or we can try to catch up in this moment to how we're going to think about things and see things in the future. Yeah. So I don't know if that makes any sense what I just said. It makes sense in my mind, but <laughs> just, does. I'm tracking. I can lag behind and go, yeah, I don't care. But one day we will see this moment a certain way. Yeah. So we're yeah. just trying to like catch up to God's perspective. In yeah. That. Well, Josh, before we move to the end of our podcast episode and leave with some scripture and encouragements to you, um, would you mind just kind of, helping us know how to pray for you and your family during this time and pathway church. Mm. Yeah. Thanks. I, um, I, I think the main things that come to my mind are my kids and just our family. Um, and I think I wake up most days kind of like, have I processed how big of a transition this will be, you know, just not having family in the area down there, some friends, but in nearby cities, not in the city. So there's just, uh, very much so like just a massive something I've never done before. Mm -hmm. And I think my heart in that is praying for my kids to get settled well. And, um, and so, um, there's some practical ways to pray like, um, that we could somehow afford a house, um, that's really practical, but that's important. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing. Um, but then just our kids meeting friends, getting established in relationships, schools, all that. Um, and that's, uh, just for full disclosure. Um, if people have questions about like, maybe in their mind, they think we're leaving too fast or something like that. Um, our kids have kind of been a determining factor for how the timeline works because, um, schools down there start August 10th. And so, so yeah, so, you know, it's just very different than what we're used to post Labor Day. And so we've had to go, okay, if school starts, then I want our kids to have a few weeks to where they're trying to get acclimated. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's what kind of pushed us into trying to circle the middle of July for driving down. Um, So... Um, and so then therefore that kind of just in a practical way determined a little bit of how long we're here. Um, 
so I hope that's received with grace, but, um, but yeah, for our kids and then for pathway, um, uh, the people we've met has been lovely and incredible. Um, and, but, but, um, without, you know, getting into things, cause I don't know the situations fully and it's not my place to say, but, um, I'm kind of preparing myself that I'll, you know, be walking a situation where the church has gone through a difficult season where they've been, many of them have been hurt. Um, and, uh, by God's grace, hopefully pastoring them to a place of healing. And so just, um, caring for them, hopefully pastoring them well to where they can experience God's kind of healing in their life. Mm. Um, and, um, yeah, to see the, the church, um, experience a real great season Mm -hmm. of unity and health and, um, experiencing that bright future. I think that's for all of God's churches. So, um, that's me trying to be really vague without whatever, but, um, yeah. but yeah, that, that would be ways to pray. Okay. All right. Thank you. That's good. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you. I appreciate your, um, desire. You're the one who brought this up. Hey, let's talk about this on the podcast. Cause we want to get out ahead of any, as best we can misunderstandings or cause of maybe someone's prior church heard, or they hear about another church. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, they're not telling the whole truth. We just want to be transparent in this. It, doesn't mean it's not messy and it's not hard, but I think it's important for the sake of the name of Jesus um, and glorifying God. So I'd I'd like to read two quick verses that have been encouraging me. And then, because I I don't know what my official role is, the point guard, the MC, I just want to tell you how much you've been encouragement to me in GBC. Mm. But first, two verses that have been impacting me and I find myself like waking up in the middle of the night thinking about them kind of way is Psalm 73, 26. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So it feels like that sometimes, Mm -hmm. right? Like Mm -hmm. your heart's failing, like you were sharing, Mm -hmm. Josh, expectations or hopes or dreams. It feels like a failing, Mm -hmm. but then the two best words in the Bible, but God, right? Like he's my, and that foreverness to it. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And then I just want to encourage myself and by extension, you and your family as you Mm -hmm. go and GBC and whatever's next. Um, Psalm 62, five through eight that has comforted many saints throughout Mm. centuries for God alone or my soul wait in silence for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken on God rests my salvation and my glory, my mighty rock. My refuge is God. Trust in him at all times. O people pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Mm. If I could encourage myself in this moment, you guys in this room, us as a church family, the next few days, weeks, months, whatever. It's like Mm. that idea. We can trust him at all times, even as we pour out our heart before him. Mm. And so I don't know. I hope that's our posture we have. Absolutely. That's cool. You said 60 something too. That's been in my mind a lot too. That's so cool. Yeah. And, uh, I don't mean to make this awkward, but because I have the mic right now as the <laughs> MC, you know this, but I just want to tell you on this podcast how much I love you. Mm. You have been a huge blessing to my life, mm-hmm. to our church. I know this is, there's desire there. It's good, but I know this is hard for you in different mm. ways because you're such a good pastor and a good friend. But like, um, I'm thankful for you, uh, even just as we're recording this podcast, <clears throat> we can edit out my cry now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
it's in front of this wall that you recorded lots of sermons with <laughs> during COVID. You shared with me, those aren't bad memories. And that shows what a dear brother you are. And in God's sovereignty, <clears throat> he brought you here for this season. And as you've said, you know, COVID years aren't normal years, right? They're like dog years. <laughs> so, yeah. so well done, it's brother. It's a bad joke, but yeah. It's true. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so anyway, uh, I didn't mean to cry. So uh, oh. thank you love you and i trust you and trust where god's calling you trust what god has for gbc for pathway and like uh yeah all for the glory of jesus so, right. yeah. yeah yeah as i just to echo to talk nice on josh i mean i already said you've made me a better teacher but even my own understanding of as someone who struggles with depression on a daily basis and and it just helping me understand god's love for me i feel mm -hmm. like i understand and hold on to that more even though I knew it in my head, I feel like just mm. talking with you through my own struggles and and similar backgrounds in our stories and stuff of feeling like we're not doing enough or being good enough. And mm. you've just really helped me, I don't know, fully embrace the grace of, of, of Jesus in my life more than I think I have so far mm. in my life. So um, I would encourage everyone in our church to think back of how Josh, Liz, and the family have taught you something, made some impact, and make sure you tell them. Um, yeah, it was, Amen. we're sad to see you go. And, mm. um, you know, we had dreams of how long it would go for and what it would turn into, but God 100% called the right person at the right time, right when we needed it in ways that we didn't know. Um, the illustration I've kind of, or picture I've had in my head is, um, we had to go through, you know, the muck and the swamp of changing buildings three times and Crazy. and going through COVID. And I know all the conversations you had to have with people about different opinions and stuff about how are we handling things the right way. And, and through all of it, your Enneagram 9 peacemaker shown through and your love for the people and, and your uh, just the way you kept always bringing it back to the gospel, which I think if... I hope if anyone can think back on you is that when I think of Josh, I think of a man who wants to take us back to the gospel, the root of the gospel. And so I, the, anyways, the picture I have is that you led us through mm -hmm. the swamp and the difficulty of the last mm -hmm. two and a half years. And now we have this beautiful open field in front of us. And I think for most people we'd think, well, why would you not want to lead the way on, in the field in front of us? And it's like, well, you're being called to go help lead other people in some way, but you've, I think you, you've helped raise leaders up as we walked through that swamp mm -hmm. of, Hey, God's still going to take care of you. You mm -hmm. still got people here that are going to go through the beautiful field of whatever, mm -hmm. whatever comes next for us. So yeah. I am beyond grateful that God called you here. And mm. I don't think anyone could deny that you were the right guy when we needed you. I think the hard thing is that we just, we want who we think the right guy is to stay <laughs> And that's where the faith comes in of yeah. Yeah, man. God, God has the, the right plan in mind. And I hope we catch up soon to see mm. what it all is. Yeah. So yeah. It's very thanks, thanks for everything you've done, man. Oh, man. Yep. Amen. All right. I don't know the best way to end this episode. So here we go. We'll end it. Uh, Gresham Bible church. We love you. I want to encourage us to all be keeping our eyes on Jesus right now 
and just leaning into this together and what God's showing all of us. Uh, I think this is an opportunity for each of us individually and collectively, collectively as a church family, like who are we and who do we want to become? And that gets me excited as we trust in Jesus mm. in this. So um, anyway, hope this has been a blessing, encouragement, and helpful. Welcome any questions. And of course, you can always reach out to me at mike at greshambible.org. Love you, Gresham Bible Church. Thanks. Thanks.